Chip is with Blue Leaf Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. Chip, how you doing this morning? Doing good. How you doing, Casey? Man, I got, I'm doing great. Got all my Christmas shopping done. Uh, I started yesterday and finished yesterday, so things worked out well for me. Wow, I got uh, I got a little a little bit left, so <laughs> pretty busy weekend. Thank thank God for overnight overnight mail. So I want to say so it works works out well for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Works out well for uh, FedEx and UPS. It sure does. It sure does. All right, Chip. Tons of stuff going on here, man. Uh, yesterday, they finally, the House finally ratified the uh, USMCA deal, the old NAFTA agreement, and uh, I've got to think that's got to leave some some strong footing there in the uh, uh, in the markets, knowing that 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 our our partners in U.S. and uh, in Canada and Mexico are going to uh, have some long term buying there for. So I got to think the market's got to have some level of security there. Yeah, and that uh, took a long time to get uh, get passed uh, and signed. Probably took about as long to get it signed uh, than it did to get the get the deal done originally. But right. uh, good news nonetheless. I don't know that it's going to have an immediate impact on the markets. Although we were a little bit higher overnight, certainly a good thing. And we've already seen Mexico really ramp up their purchases. Uh, you know, here over the last few months, so. I think for all intents and purposes, um, all three of these countries, United States, Mexico, Canada, we're kind of uh, operating under, um, you know, the, I guess, opinion that that was already a done deal. Uh, but it's sure not a, a negative thing, you know. And finally, coming into the end of the year, we've we've got some friendly things starting to happen for the grain markets with, um, you know, that passing. We've got... Uh, you know, it looks like this uh, Chinese phase one uh, trade deal starting to get a little more, um, just a little more certainty to that. We're supposed to be signing that in the first couple of weeks of uh, January is, is kind of what the talk is. And, and you know, amid all this, we typically have a rally, you know, into the first quarter of, uh, of the new year seasonally. Uh, so that's a positive. You got the funds that uh, have big positions built up on the short side, at least in, in corn and beans. So we find, and, and then, you know, on top of that, the January crop report uh, is really rushing towards us here on the 10th of January. Yeah. Okay. A lot of uncertainty in the markets and, and <laughs> get some things that are lining out on the, on the bullish side. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's such a, there's so many things up in the air right now. More so, I think, than we've seen in the past. It's not so much that there's more things, I guess, probably should rephrase that. There's not, it's not like there's more things in the air right now, but there's more things that are, that will, that will bring the certainty to the market that are up in there that are getting ready to be inked that have really kind of got people some, with some anticipation uh, watching what's happening. So, um, been, I've, I've read a lot of stuff about this phase one China thing and where we're at with that. Uh, this morning, uh, JCI is a, so it's a Chinese governmental firm of some sort uh, kind of sent out a list of stuff that said, basically, you know, the $40 billion worth of U.S. ag products is within reach. And the one thing in here that really stood out to me more than anything, um, well, two things. One is 
I don't know how you get a billion dollars worth of chicken feet. That's an amazing, that's an amazing amount of chicken feet. But, There's some scared chickens running around this morning. I guarantee that. That's for sure. But the other thing that really stood out to me was uh, the 8 million metric tons of DDGs, which hints towards they may be wanting to buy some more, uh, jump into the U.S. ethanol market, looking at some exports of, of uh, DDGs that come from that. Also, maybe some refined um, ethanol uh, to send over there as well. So that could have a huge impact on the U.S. corn market. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, the corn market has rallied off the lows. But uh, and maybe it's just waiting for a little more confirmation. But in in my book, corn has a lot to gain out of this China deal, right? Because I agree uh, the massive amount of of poultry, pork, and beef that they're going to take. Uh, you know, a lot of that is uh, you know corn product related on the feed side. You've got that DDG uh, figure out there. I think there's a lot of hope and optimism that it's going to include some U.S. ethanol. Uh, you've got some outright corn and sorghum that's probably going to be part of that deal. In, in my book, corn, you know, whether it's direct bushels or some sort of a, a byproduct or, you know, protein that we're feeding corn through, that corn market, um, you know, has a lot to gain from this China deal. So I think that's a supportive supportive uh, feature going into the, into the new year here. And, you know, we'll see if we get any... Any answers on, um, you know, crop size on this January report? There's a quarterly stocks report as well. It's all going to be really interesting here for the next few months. Yeah, it, that's that's a pretty healthy list of stuff here. It's a pretty good shopping list. I mean, it's everything across the board. Not only are they looking at buying just, you know, obviously hogs, you know, and shipping that over. They're actually looking at buying a lot of a frozen product, frozen pork. Uh, to buy as well. I read an article yesterday where they were talking about how they were dipping into their you uh, or the the Chinese um, strategic reserves of frozen pork and to, to get to send out to people now. So there's a there's a bit of a crunch over there, like more of a crunch than I think what we probably realize with the actual amount of, of pork they have on hand. So there's a good opportunity for the, the hog market uh, to have a good rebound here, assuming this stuff takes off and does what it's supposed to. Yeah, then that's that's a big assumption. The market, I think, is optimistic about that. Hogs have had a little bounce off the lows, <clears throat> but until there's a little more certainty, and and, and I don't, you know, they're not going to tell you exactly. I mean, that's already been stated. Oh, yeah. right. But once that thing's signed, I think that will have an impact. Like, okay, it's it's a done deal, and uh, and now they're going to start buying, and and obviously, pork, I would think, would be high on the list. Of, uh, no you know, what they need in large quantities. Yeah. So I guess then at that point, I guess your opinion, those, uh, those weekly export reports are going to have a huge, uh, a huge swing in the marketplace after this stuff settles down and we have an agreement put in place. Yeah. And, and, and it already has been mm -hmm. on, you know, it used to be the, the meat export uh, part of that export sales report every Thursday. It was just kind of an afterthought, you know, and mm -hmm. now it's going to get, uh, and has been getting a lot more, attention uh and china's been taking you know a fair amount of pork already and that's probably set to increase um so yeah that uh, these export sales are, are going to be critically important uh you know the grain side they they announced daily sales you know anything over um i believe a hundred thousand bushels um they they announce every uh, morning but then they kind of uh total that up and we get to thursday morning export sales reports it was really good this uh yeah you know yesterday 
Um, big, big number on, on corn, massive number on corn, but you know, the thunder was, it was stolen just a little bit because they announced that massive Mexico purchase a week ago. I think that was the fifth biggest corn sale of all time a week ago, one time purchase, um, you know, split up most of it in, in, um, in one crop year and, and a little bit into the, into the next crop year, but fifth biggest corn purchase, um, of all time by Mexico last week. So that was included in that massive corn number. I don't know what that was like 70 some million for, uh, for the old crop and a, and a big one for the new crop. Beans were big. Um, you know, 50 some million there, 31 yeah. million bushels of wheat. It was all pretty good yesterday. And that's, that's, um, I guess uh, encouraging to see that our exports are starting to pick up even ahead of this big, uh, you know, expected Chinese buying program. Yeah. And the nice thing too, about <clears throat> this export stuff we're seeing now and all this stuff kind of coming together, these, with these agreements being signed, whether it be with Japan or the USMCA or what we see happen here, the U S dollar is seeing a little bit of weakening and that's, that's given us an opportunity to really grow that export market. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And that'd be a good development too. The, the, uh, if you look at a chart, a weekly chart of the dollar, we've kind of been in a, an uptrending channel, a parallel channel. We broke out of that. And so starting to see some signs that maybe there's a little bit of weakness there. And that would be definitely a good development for the commodity side. You know, we, yep. We've got stock market at all time highs. So a lot of times the first quarter of any new year, you can see some rotation of, of large amounts of money. You know, even if people are, are just saying, Hey, I'm, I've had a nice run in the stock market. Let's take, what we've made in the stock market, just the, the earnings of the stock market and reallocate that to something that's cheap, which in general terms, commodities are cheap. Well, that's something I'm going to watch the first, uh, you know, few weeks of the new year is you're going to have some, you know, some of that money rotate into commodities and some fund buying that could really, uh, you know, give us a nice bump into the first, you know, few weeks of the new year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. All right, so let's take a look over here at what we see happening in the cattle complex. There is a uh, seems like box beef is just getting getting beat up more than anything else on the on the overall marketplace. So talk about what you see happening in the uh, in the beef market and what what's uh, what's going on there. Yeah, and, and it has uh, it's it's a little bit odd occurrence. Um, I was talking about this uh, the other day. It's just my opinion. So we 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 came into this thing with essentially record packer margins like it was some obscene number that they were estimated to be making on every uh you know carcass i mean something like 300 plus dollars on every animal. that would be by far record right and the box beef market has had a correction lower and that's kind of right on cue with what normally happens around the holidays um but the strange thing is the futures market and the cash cattle market hasn't really broken um, at all. In fact, it just keeps going up. And it's expected that this week we're going to trade a buck to two bucks higher, um, you know, on cash cattle. So it hasn't affected the futures as much as you would have expected. And um, I think part of that is because the margins were so big that it's not really um, affected the cash bids much, right? The, the Packers still have a lot of leverage. And sure, they're making less now, but they're still making money. It's not like they're not making any money. And so it's a little bit of an odd occurrence. I, I think that 
you know, the one thing we talked about in the grains that the funds are short corn and beans and, and they're likely to start reducing that position, buying those positions back. It's kind of the opposite in cattle, though. The funds have a, not a record long, but a pretty a pretty healthy long position built up. You could see a little bit of weakness here. You know, maybe these last uh, the seven or eight trading days of, the, of this year, maybe the start of next year as they take a little money off the table. But I think there's plenty of people, especially uh, with this China deal looming ahead of us, that uh, are ready to, you know, kind of wanting the cattle market to break, you know, five, six bucks so they can get in and buy it. So, you know, I, I think cattle look pretty, pretty good position right now. And they're really holding up well through the, the big break in box beef that we've seen here the last few weeks. Yep. <clears throat> One of the biggest stories, I think, in 2019, when you look back at the commodity market and what has happened there, <clears throat> has been um, has been wheat. And wheat's been the little engine that could to the one bragging everything up to the one that everyone's kicking the dog on the way out. And it seems like now it's kind of starting to head back up to that little engine that could kind of phase. And uh, what we see happening in Europe and in Australia and other key you know, uh, exports coming out of Russia and Ukraine and the Black Sea region um, seems like wheat has an opportunity to really uh, expand and grow a little bit here. Um, uh, as we look into 2020, especially we start heading into uh, uh, past the winters and those kind of things heading into spring. So I guess what's your thought on the wheat market? Where's it headed? Yeah, that's a great question. It's been a little bit of a sleeper market. Um, you know, yet the Chicago wheat market just has had a really nice rally and the funds are long now chicago wheat for the first time in a long long time they just don't get long um wheat very often some of that's driven by the fact that uh, due to a lot of reasons profitability uh, uh, late late fall uh you know low prices you you're probably looking at a near record low at least modern day record low soft red wheat acreage and so that Chicago market has has led us higher. The funds got out of their short position. We rallied it. There's no apparent real bullish spark out there. There's there seems to be a decent supply in the world. You, you obviously Australia's had a problem, um, and and that might be I guess the thing that you know we'll look back on and say, well, yeah, that's that's really what drove this wheat market, you know, to these rallies in 2019. Now finally, the Kansas City market. And this and the Minneapolis market is starting to catch up a little bit to Chicago. It's just really odd, you know. You've got Chicago over Kansas City. You've got Chicago over Minneapolis. Just historic, um, you know, stuff like you, you, just. I don't know if it's never happened, but it, it, I can't ever remember Chicago being over Minneapolis wheat. Um, and, and I think it has been over Kansas City wheat, but not very often. And so it's a strange uh, market dynamic we have set up. I think that there's a little more room to the upside in the Kansas City and in Minneapolis. Obviously, um, you know, the, here's the two things. If you look back here a week or so ago when China uh, had their press conference uh, about this trade, this phase one trade deal, the only two commodities they specifically mentioned were corn and wheat. And uh, they didn't really say anything else, uh, but they did mention corn and wheat. And, um, you know, that's a good sign. I mean, if, um, you know, we know what a massive appetite they have. And there's been some numbers, uh, you know, kicked around 5 million tons, 8 million tons. You know, I think that uncertainty of what could that number be, uh, it, it could be a big number. 
And uh, that, I think that's what's driving wheat. With all that being said, though, you know, wheat was the first to rally. The funds are now long in Chicago. Uh, that's where the bulk of the fund position uh, is in Chicago, just because there's more volume there and they can put more money to work in the Chicago market than the Kansas City or, or Minneapolis. So you have to watch that, you know, and if these funds get up into the 50, 60, 70,000 uh, contract long range, that might be the biggest sign right there that, you know, we maybe kind of extended the run. And we've already started, um, at least in the Chicago side, the, the soft, um, you know, winter wheat side, uh, doing a little bit of hedging for new crop. We got up north of five and a half dollars. And we're watching that Kansas City market. There's a bigger supply there. But if the funds continue to blow out of their shorts and maybe get long, um, we've got our finger on the trigger to, you know, start start selling some some Kansas City wheat and, and maybe putting some put floors in. And you still have to be defensive. You know, with all the bullishness we're talking about, you still have to be willing to sell the rallies and protect profits while they're there. And, and that's the critical part. Don't get you know, all bowled up on this China thing, thinking we're going to $5 right. and, you know, $7 wheat. Uh, you still have to run your operation like a business and, and lock those profit margins in because there's the other side of this is they're going to start on this phase two negotiations. We've seen over the last 18 months, what one tweet or one news story, or you slap a new round of tariffs on, or the phase two deal break, you know, this thing is less than certain. It's, it's an uncertain world. So that would be my take home Christmas message. We finally have some friendly news yep. Good to see. It looks like the first half of, of 2020 um, could see better things, but don't get too bold up, you know, focus on profitability in the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. Well, Chip, uh, good thing about this, when they actually do finally sign this uh, China thing, if they actually get it signed up, it's been the longest two weeks in the 18 months I've ever been a part of in my life. So, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, the, right. the next few days, here, everyone's expecting these you know, really quiet markets the next few days um, yeah. with Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I know at least on, on Christmas Eve, uh, the markets close early. I think at uh, gray markets close uh, probably 12, 10 central. Uh, but boy, be, be on alert because these funds are short and yeah, it will be lighter volume. But uh, sometimes if you get, uh, you know, a little, a little tweet, something like that, you can really have exaggerated moves. So yeah. still have your finger on the trigger um, while you're enjoying the, the holidays and uh, the family. Absolutely. Well, good stuff as usual, Chip. Like we've talked about here, there's a million things going on right now. A lot of stuff point not necessarily towards higher markets, but more certainty, which could lead to higher markets. Uh, and we're in that heading towards that 2020 marketing year. As you start taking a look out there, folks got a plan they need to work on or, or something that they're kicking around. What's the best way to get a hold of you to discuss that? Yeah, best way is just call our office 309-550-7213. I would love to chat with you and uh, kind of give you some uh, helpful hints on, uh, you know, what to what to focus on in your plan and, and how uh, to specifically, you know, go about getting a, uh, a risk management plan for the 2020 crop year. Right on. Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. You can find this podcast on basically anywhere you can find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, those kind of places. Also check out the Global Ag Network. You can find it there along with some other great podcasters like myself. Um, 
check me out on social media uh, at Moving Iron LLC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also check out movingironllc.com for all the latest things Moving Iron related. So I'm Casey Seaman with Chip Nellinger. We'll uh, catch you next time. Let's go move some iron, folks. Have a great holiday season, and we will talk to you then. Merry Christmas. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving on